Merry Christmas, listeners. Welcome back to the Modern History HSC podcast. Only a few more days to go, hey? 23rd of December, almost Christmas Eve. Um, I was going through the drive-thru at Macca's today and I was like, oh my God, what are, what are all these people doing here? It came at the worst time possible. And my wife was saying, oh no, they're probably on the road ready to go. And yeah, it just dawned on me that perhaps a few people in our audience are getting ready for the big drive, loading up, and you would love to have some sort of historical audio companion to go along with you. So I'm going to be serving you up a additional extra Christmas Kringle gift which is, did the Nazis celebrate Christmas? This was a thought that I was having when I was walking the dogs today. And just like, you know, like they had all this opposition against the church and they really didn't get along and and Hitler was being made as this new messiah. This is something that they were doing in the Soviet Union too, that you ban traditional religion and you put um, a cult of personality in place. So what did they do with the Christmas holiday? Because Christmas is very traditionally German. So I've done some research and I've got some facts for you. Um, but one of the things that I think that basically summarizes this whole, this whole episode is a quote that I heard, I think it was on a Lex Friedman podcast and they were talking about the Nazis and propaganda. And it's so true. It's this idea that the Nazis were not very good at coming up with new things. Um, <laughs> they're not like the factory of groundbreaking ideas but god they're good at reinventing things that are already popular you know making old things great again and just like dusting things off and blaming people too (laughs) as we're going to see so first of all christmas christmas was a holiday that was definitely still allowed to be celebrated under the nazi regime from 1933 all the way up to hitler's death and the fall of the third reich Uh, in 1944 but it was a bit awkward for a lot of the diehard nazis to get fully behind and i think that you can probably guess why so the nazis as we know is a regime that believe it's destiny's chosen people and no not the other people who believe that they're god's chosen people they hate them so (laughs) they believe that they are the chosen aryan people you know the ones from atlantis um the blonde hair the blue eyes and just destined by biology and they were being tainted those people those people who were in the process of vilifying enslaving and eliminating the jewish race those people were having a hard time with celebrating a holiday which um celebrated the birth of a jewish child you can see that this is a bit problematic that it's like oh okay so i really love the getting together, we're big on family, big on family values, getting everybody together. But we've got this problem where the center, the most important person is a Jewish person and we hate the Jewish people. So how are we going to manipulate this? So it's not so much that the Germans, oh sorry, the Nazis banned Christmas, but they're going to do what they do best and they're going to try to change it up. First of all, we can see very early on that one of the ways that they start trying to change this ideas, uh, change the idea around Christmas is that Hitler starts blaming the Jews again. Um, I'm just laughing because this is just, again, if you, don't, if you don't laugh, you cry, and just a bit ridiculous that this sort of stuff just uh, took off, or maybe not by this stage. Um, 
So early Nazi celebrations of Christmas, which were occurring around 1921, can be traced back to a couple of accounts that we have of Hitler making a speech in beer halls in Munich with a couple of thousand supporters, where undercover police officers who, and this is really early days, so it's not really the fully-fledged Nazis at this point. They're just keeping tabs on these people. Um, Hitler is up there probably on like a bar stool or a table or a barrel or who knows, whatever, and he's condemning the cowardly Jews for breaking the world liberator on the cross swearing that he was not going to rest until the Jews laid shattered on the ground. And then the crowd would join in and they would sing carols and nationalistic hymns around the Christmas trees with gifts being donated to the working class attendees at the speech. So yeah, classic Nazi trait of how do we get around this idea that the saviour of the world is a Jew? Well, then you blame the Jews for killing that Jew. (laughs) So it's their fault. Um... But let's move a little bit further. Let's go to when the Nazis are actually in power. So after taking power in 1933, Nazi ideology initially sought to reject Germany's long-held Christmas traditions. So they tried this in a couple of ways. First, they tried to rename it. They tried to rename the holiday from Christmas to Julfest and propagating the idea that actually this holiday has really... Germanic origins and it's about celebrating the winter solstice you know we've forgotten our roots it's been commercialized and manipulated by the Jewish um, puppet masters that it's actually all about the winter solstice and the rebirth of the sun um, this also gets a little bit when I say a little bit I gotta say stop saying little. there's significant pushback from the church on this that this is a really significant holiday for the church the church has already got significant sticking points and issues with the nazi regime which we're not going to go into now this obviously doesn't get a you know a free pass you don't just get to come in and rename christmas and say that you know it's all completely wrong and this is the way it needs to go no there was significant pushback from the church Uh, the church was already on um hitler's naughty list Uh, There was an initial attempt from Hitler to have a positive relationship with the uh, Orthodox Church and the Christian Church, and that all kind of um, fell away when the uh, church uh, sermons and the clergy became one of the last, I guess, bastions of speaking out against the atrocities that were going on. So that kind of ticked Hitler off that they weren't falling in line. And this was just another point of contention. Um, Other groups that were pushing back on it, um, and these people are in the minority, are a lot of women. So you have women who felt like this was a bit much, you know, this is an important family holiday, and coming in and removing all Christian aspects, all religious aspects of the holiday um, is intruding too much on the family space. So maybe the Nazis are overplaying their cards a little bit, And the church is riding this wave, actually coming out and saying that it is going to excommunicate any women that go ahead and join the National Socialist Women's League. So people are drawing a line in the snow as it is. Let's move on to some Nazi alternative facts. So other than changing the name, other than changing the meaning of Christmas, how do you rebrand Christmas to make it 
a Nazi Christmas. Well, this is what the Nazis actually did. The first one we've talked about already. So Christmas Eve, actually, no, you're wrong. It's not about Jesus's birth. It's not about a Jewish boy's birth. It is, in fact, about the winter solstice and the rebirth of the sun. And cherry on the top, you know that swash sticker that's absolutely everywhere? That is actually an ancient symbol of the Big Dipper. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm, tr I'm trying to put a little bit of a voice on. Where the four points are indicating the different solstice, so the summer solstice and the winter solstice. So yeah, you're dumb for not knowing that. A um, couple of the other things that you might have been dumb for not knowing is that Santa is actually Odin, okay? Or the German god Wonton, uh, or Wu-Tan. I'm probably going to get some comments about that. Both of them don't sound German. Wonton and Wu-Tan sound um, more Asian. Anyway, I'm going to get some better pronunciations coming back at me. So, the way that they went about this is, okay, we need to make it more about Odin, that Santa's this made-up person um, by, by the Jews, is that all the Christmas posters now need to be edited to show a man with a grey beard, still with a sack of toys, still with a sleigh. Again, they're not very good at coming up with new stuff. It's just, just slightly changing things. And the name, which is totally not very original, is that it's not Santa, it's now Christmas Man. Or solstice man, which is incredibly lazy. I think, <laughs> I think Goebbels might have been, might have been out that day and just passed that down to one of his interns. Next, the Nazis. Um, what did they do with the nativity scene? So, one of the things about the nativity scene is it's all about the birth, so it's no good. But people have all this stuff, so how can they slightly change it? Well, one, it's no longer going to be in a manger, so you've got to get, a rid, get rid of the bales of hay, and you get rid of the frame, and you get rid of the animals. But not all of the animals, because it's going to be in a garden, and it's going to be in a garden with some woodland animals, so it's you know very tied to nature. And the woman and the child, they're still going to be there, and it's going to be about a family, and both of them are going to have blonde hair and blue eyes. So you bust out the paints and change some things around if your characters do not match. Other things, Silent Night. So the song Silent Night had to have all religious references removed from the song. So Silent Night, can't say Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, you get away with that. And I'm not going to sing the whole song for you, this is, not, this is not the voice. But if you want to go through the song and see how it would go if you had to remove every single religious connotation... Um, and I couldn't find a version of the song and what they changed it to. Maybe you can be a bit creative and figure it out for yourself. Uh, last thing before we get on to gifts is the Christmas tree. So I think you can probably guess what gets changed and added onto the Christmas tree. I'll let you think about it for a moment. And it has to do with the star. What is the one thing that a super creative Nazi would decide to put on the top of a tree instead of the star, the guiding star that took the three wise men to see the birth of the baby Jesus. What else are you going to put on top? Something really original. If you were thinking of swash sticker, you are correct. So changing the star, putting on a big swash sticker, and basically getting rid of the baubles and getting rid of the lights and everything else and just putting swash stickers on the trees. Um, yeah, again, not very creative and probably didn't look very um very inspired we're gonna have a quick break and next we'll be finishing up with gifts okay now we're on to gifts so 
I don't have gifts for every single person who would be involved in the Nazi regime, but I do have a couple of standouts. So, one, let's come back to the women. So, the women that were not being excommunicated from the church, the ones who were still joining the League, the ones who were on board with the Nazi regime, what were they doing? So, some of the things I was able to find is that they were encouraged to continue to be baking, um, continue to be serving that domestic role that the Nazis held as being very important. So keep making biscuits, making biscuits for um, (laughs) a Christmas man on Christmas Eve. Um, But they had to be the shape of German eagles um, and swash stickers. So yeah, you go from making trees and deers and stars, and now you've got to make eagles and swash stickers? Gosh, it's just making your life in the kitchen a nightmare. What about toys for the kids? So toys for the kids, they all had to be war themed. So toys, um, now thinking instead of uh, like getting bears, just like anything innocent, um, like musical instruments, nah, get rid of that. It all has to be tanks, planes, like toy tanks, toy planes, not real full grown ones. They needed those for Stalingrad, which was going terrible uh, (laughs) around about this time. And chocolate SS soldiers. And the last thing that I wanted to leave you with, which I just slightly alluded to there for a moment, was just one particular Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve for the Nazis, 1942. And it focuses on a Nazi Christmas miracle. Um, It doesn't involve Hitler. Hitler was in the wolf's lair at this time, so that's his uh, fortification structure compound that he had built in the forest and that he had moved into a couple of days after the launching of the Operation Barbarossa. So he has been there. It's probably very boring, very mundane. He's not really getting involved in Christmas festivities the same way that, say, Churchill and FDR would have been doing. And even though there isn't any concrete records about what Hitler would have been doing, so no like diary or ledger about what he was doing uh, during the 24th or the 25th, we can assume that he would have been suffering from the loss at Stalingrad. He was also a vegetarian, so meaning no big turkey, no big ham, no big meaty, comatose yourself Christmas dinner. And he also didn't drink alcohol, so this kind of made you a bit of a bummer around Christmas. And I'd like to think that Hitler spent a miserable Christmas in 1942 and got his big sack of coal from Christmas man. So the Christmas festivities went over to Joseph Goebbels back in the office. The inter- <laughs> He heard about what the intern was doing and kicked him out. And he decided to come up with a master plan to inspire the people and prove how good they were. So the Nazis, what they managed to do in 1942 when everything was going wrong, starting to go wrong for them, is they managed to arrange a cutting-edge radio uplink. Think about Skype for 1942, where they were able to connect the voices of the fighting men across all of the fronts that the Nazis were fighting on. So this was in the East, in Stalingrad, and this was in Italy, and this was in North Africa. Wherever there were Nazi soldiers, they were able to get on the radio uplink at the same time and they were all able to sing Silent Night, the changed version of Silent Night, all at once. And it was just magical and almost too good to be true. And that's because it was. It was a complete and utter lie. 
which was sold to the German people, all pre-recorded by the propaganda ministry. So there you go. That is the way that the Nazis tried to ban Christmas, manipulate Christmas, change Christmas. But in the end, it all came back because their reign was temporary. And Christmas is one of those special, magical times of year where it's always going to be around. Or at least I hope it does. And I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas with all your loved ones. I hope you eat lots of food. I hope you get everything that you desire, as well as be able to give something to someone, which they also really desire, because Christmas is all about giving. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for our Christmas truce writing essay activity competition that we did all the way back in early December. I'm really happy with the finished product. We got a German voice actor to speak about the Christmas truce from our winner of the competition, Molly Mason. And that will be pretty much it for the year and into the new year. I'll be trying to take a bit of a break from creating content. And then we'll see you when we pick up sometime around about in uh, February. So if you don't hear from me, not dead, just enjoying life. And I hope you are too. Merry Christmas.